You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. We were here last week, towards the end of the sermon, we're going to complete this this morning. Luke 16, verse 19, uh, verse 19, it says, Jesus said, there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there, longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted. And you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have brothers, and I, I, I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't listen even if someone rises from the dead. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. If there, be, if there be anyone here, anyone listening on and watching on the internet, feed. Lord, anyone that's not right with you today, may they come to the place of surrender, Lord God. It's one thing to have a, have a reservation in heaven and, a, and know that Jesus reigns in our hearts, but it's another thing to not be sure. May that one or some, Lord God, today that need to be sure, come to you. So anoint me for this time, I pray. May your spirit continue to speak to all of us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I want to speak to you about one of the most important topics that I've ever spoken to you about and the Bible ever, ever discusses and, and, and shares with us. This morning I will be preaching, as I told you, about how to get to hell from here. Next week, I'm going to talk about and change it a little bit, how to get to heaven from here. We'll talk about heaven for the next few weeks, but everyone needs to hear both of these sermons. So if you have someone that you need to hear this, uh, have them uh, look us up on YouTube, okay? And they're not here today. The reason why I feel uh, led to preach on this subject is because of two reasons. Number one, as a pastor, I love you, and I'm concerned for all of you here. And I don't want anyone here within the sound of my voice that I can see, I don't want anyone to go to hell. And I truly say that. 
I'm not just saying that because I, I have to say that. I say that because that's my heart. I don't want you to go to hell. And I am a Bible preaching preacher, and I, I would be, it would not be if I did not preach on this subject. So I have to. God's Word has a lot to say about heaven and hell, and we're going to talk about both, but in the last week and this week, we're going to talk about hell. And some churches that claim to be Bible preaching uh, churches and Bible preaching people, but they seldom ever, ever preach about hell, even though it's taught in Scripture quite often. It's no wonder that these churches never see anyone at their altars because they don't preach about hell and give people an understanding that there is a choice to be made. There's two roads to walk on, one unto righteousness and one unto damnation. So why don't people preach on hell? They notice something that, that many people in the church don't want to hear. We want to hear about the good things. We want to hear about things that put smiles on our faces and make us feel good. But, but the truth of the matter is that we need to preach about hell. It's something that, that we preachers should preach on because it's a Bible fact that heaven is a real place and hell is a real place. Hell is a real place where some will exist for all eternity. And it sounds my heart as I look across this congregation, there might be just somebody who may not make it. And maybe uh, make it to heaven and will be placed in hell for all eternity. So as I preach this on the subject of hell, I hope you understand there may be a little sadness in my heart because I know that somebody may be making some wrong choices. And I don't want to see you in that horrible place. So it's my prayer that you hear me this morning and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I need to start by telling you again that hell is a real place. Hell is a real place. I hope you understand that. If we could call somebody from heaven and, and have them come back and show up on the big screen, they tell you, oh, it's a wonderful place. You can't imagine what it's like. And they begin to tell you all the wonderful things about heaven. And, and we'll get there in the next couple of weeks uh, as far as description as best as we can on this side of heaven. But they we tell us firsthand what it'll look like, what it would feel like. But if we could call somebody up from, from hell and then they'd appear and they would tell you, uh, they'll tell you how about the horror and the ugliness and the nastiness of it all. And, and nobody would want to even hear what the words they were describing it with because it would be so horrible. So let's look at for hell for a very few seconds here this morning, a few minutes. Let's see what we say this morning. Number one, hell is real. According to the Word of God, hell is a real place, just as Lakewood, California is a real place. How do we know it's a real place? Because the New Testament refers to the hell uh, 162 times. 162 times it refers to hell. The Lord Jesus himself spoke on the subject 70 times. So if he says it, and the New Testament talks about it, we've got to come to the understanding it's for real. It's for real. God's Word teaches there is a hell. God's Word in Psalm 9, 17 says it this way. The wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all the nations who ignore God. So there's kind of a glimpse as to how do you get to hell from here? You ignore God. You have no time for Him in your life. Even though the Bible teaches about this terrible place, the cults, that we have many cults in this, in this world today, they don't quite understand hell as the scriptures talk about. For instance, Christian scientists say hell is an error of the mortal mind. 
We just figured that out and decided that's what we're going to do. Jehovah's Witnesses say the wicked will be annihilated, just gone. There won't be any more left, so there's no hell, they're just gone. Uh, Mormonism say all will eventually be saved and not suffer eternal punishment. Seventh-day Adventists say God will someday blot out all sin and sinners and establish a clean universe once again. My friends, according to the Word of God, hell is not a grave. Hell is not an annihilation, and hell is not a curse word. Hell is a real place, according to the Word of God. It's a real place, because hell is real, a real place. Bible-preaching preachers and churches uh, will, will warn people of this awful place, and that's what I'm doing at this point. I don't want you there. We, need, we send missionaries all over the world so that people all over the world don't go to hell. Some say the passage of Scripture in our text of the rich man in hell is only a parable. It's not a parable. It's the story of a real man that, that, that once lived on the face of the earth. And, and I'll give you reasons that, that we believe that and understand that to be true. So how, how do we know? Jesus tells us it's a real story. In, in verse 19, he says, There was a certain rich man. Note that. Not just any man. There was a certain rich man. The Lord himself uh, said he existed. Jesus said in verses 20 and 21, he said, There was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Proper names are not ever used in a parable. When Jesus says, tells us a parable, he doesn't give proper names. In this state, he gives a proper name. That beggar's name is Lazarus. In the story that Lazarus has used, make no mistake about it, hell is a real place. As much as Lakewood, California is a real place. If you or I could ask anyone in hell, how do you like living there? They would tell you. Uh, they would tell you I was a rich man on earth and, and, and I'd give everything to, uh, give it all away if I could get out of this place. Or they'd say I was famous on earth and I had all the accolades of everybody. I'd give that all if I could just get out of here. Or, or if, I had all, if I had a lot of friends on this, there's ungodly friends, and we parted, I'd give that all away if I could just get out of this place. Hell is a real place. Like any other place you've ever lived or, or been to, it's a real place. People would give anything if they could just get out of there, but they can't. They can't. Every person in hell would give anything. Anything if they could just get out of there, but they can't. So hell is a real place. Secondly, hell is hot. Some people say I, I don't believe in hell. Listen, you're welcome to your opinion, but not believing in hell is not going to drop the temperature of hell one degree. It's not. When people arrive in, in hell, the, the, they're not only going to see that it's a real place, they're going to see and feel it's a hot place. A hot place where people are conscious of their surroundings. They're going to know it's hot. They won't be able to run away from the heat. Luke 6.22 says, says it this way. Finally, the poor man died and was carried to the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. He goes on to say, 
not the end. Look at some of the things that this place called hell, well, number one, uh, or in hell he could see. Verse 23 says it that way. Um, and his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. With our eyes, we, we sometimes see things we are, that are so bad it causes us to turn our heads in a different direction. Some of us can't see the uh, can't see blood. We go, oh no, don't want to look at that, right? Some of us, uh, you know, uh, I've been places that uh, gone fishing and and it's time to clean the fish. And oh no, I don't want to look at that. You know, there's things some of us can't look at, right? Uh, we 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 just can't can't look at it and. Some people, you, you like watching those blood and guts kind of uh, horror uh, shows. But listen, I don't want anything. I don't want anything like that. I cannot find it entertaining. I don't like screaming in horror. You like the screams of horror? I don't like screams of horror. If that is all that there's on television, I'll turn the TV off because I don't like that. But in hell, there's not going to be any place that you can cast your eyes that you'll escape the horrors of hell. According to the scripture, the rich man lifted up his eyes and he saw the horrors of hell. Verse 27 tells us that he could hear. In hell he could hear. Notice the rich man, uh, verse 27, the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. What does he hear? For I have five brothers. Say what I have to say. What does he hear? I'm, I'm, I believe he heard the horrible screams. Horrible screams. You know, one uh, years ago, I worked for my father in, 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 in the X-ray department of uh, Beverly Hospital in Montebello. Maybe some of you've been there. And and I would go through the hallways of the of the, the hospital, picking up patients and take them to the X-ray department. Sometimes I go to the emergency room and pick them up and take them to the X-ray department, and here's one thing that I never got over: when somebody was writhing and screaming in pain. I mean, there have been some that have been so in such pain that nothing, not even morphine, would take away the pain, and they'd be screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming, and you couldn't plug your ears, you couldn't, you couldn't go far enough down the hallway because all you'd hear the screaming of that person in pain. And I gotta tell you, that's nothing compared to what people will hear in hell. Millions of people screaming in hell. Listen, in hell, people are going to see things prepared for the devil and his angels. Imagine that. Remember, I established that last week. Devil, the hell was prepared for the demon and his angels. And that's where some many people are going to end up if they don't do it the right way. They're going to hear the cries of men and women, of rebellious men and women, of young people that have turned away from God. Said, I don't want your God, Mom. I don't want your God, Dad. I, I, I don't want to live, uh, live that way. It's too confining. Talk about confining when you're in hell, but you'll be in confinement. Wow. People in hell are experiencing the flames of hell. Flames of hell. 
Some liberals teach that the Bible is not to be taken literally. Do you believe that? Don't take it literally. They say there are no flames in hell. They, they teach that, that, that I, you know, but you can never convince the rich man when he says, I am in anguish in these flames. What does that tell you? Because of the agony, we can see what the, why the Lord says in Mark chapter 9, verses 43 and 42. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. Unquenchable fires of hell. People in hell are experiencing thirst like they have never thirsted before. You've been thirsty? Look at verse 24. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his feet in water and, 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 and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. Thirst like you've never thirsted before. I don't know about you, but I've been really thirsty. And sometimes we forget to drink water, but doesn't it feel good? We can run to a, a, the refrigerator or play, uh, even the faucet, and, when, and as we drink water, your whole body kind of relaxes and says, oh. As though your mind didn't tell you, your body says, I needed that. Right? But you will not be able to do that in hell. Hell is a place of great thirst. But also people in hell are experiencing pain like they've never experienced before. Revelation verse 14, chapter 14, verses 10 to 11 says this. And note this. This, this is a sermon in itself. And it, it, it really is. A, maybe Pastor Andy will look at that. Or has looked at this and his teaching. Or maybe I already passed on this. But look what it says. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on, on, the, on the forehead of, or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and all have accepted the mark of his name. I don't want to be there. And, and, and I don't believe the Lord's, I believe it's kind of like we're seeing here with Aaron, because it's stated here in Scripture, there's a chasm, there's a, there, you can't cross over, but I believe it'll be in full spectrum. We can see. The Lord can see, his angels can see what those who do not accept him are experiencing. Here's one that really bothers me. People in hell are experiencing memories. Memories. Verse 27. The rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. If some of you today are listening to me preach, about this awful place, and uh, 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 you might end up there, you will remember, you will remember that I, I preached this, and, you, and you'll say, but why didn't I respond on that day? The rich man remembers he could have lived 
for the Lord that he, the rich man but remembers all the chances that he may have had along the way. Even remembers, there's, I got brothers that want them because they, they don't need to be in here. Imagine the horror of some parents who have no concern for their children's spiritual warfare and welfare in this life. They, they never talk to their children about salvation, uh, but, but in hell, the, the, they'll be concerned. Why, why didn't I tell my children about heaven and hell? They never prayed with them, they, but in hell, they, they'd give anything if they could just sit at the bedside and, and pray with their son or daughter. They never brought them to a church to hear God's message, and, and, and they would they'll remember that. Why didn't I listen to my neighbor when they invited us to, to the vacation Bible school at the church down the street? They'll remember those things. They'll remember that they never brought their children, their family, to the church to hear of God's love. But in hell, they would give anything if they just had one more opportunity, one more chance. Can assure you that in hell, when they realize that their children will be in that dreadful place with them for all eternity, that they are going to realize they made a mistake. I should have, I could have, but I didn't. They'll remember. And the third point, the last point, is this hell is forever. Hell is forever. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9 says, In flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. That, that one scares me. Some do not believe in hell forever. That, oh, maybe for a little, no, forever. But God's Word says, makes it very clear, punished but with eternal destruction forever forever separated from the Lord and His glorious power. Forever! There will not be that opportunity. Oh, God, help me! Oh, God, spare me! There will not be that in the, in, in the foxhole. God, if, if you save me and get me out of this place right now, I will serve you the rest of my life. That will not happen. It can't happen. No one here has to go to that awful place. Nobody. Because the Lord Jesus died on the cross. We sang about it. We preached about it on other weeks. Nobody has to go to that horrible place. Nobody. No one. No one. One day, many years ago, when Vice President Calvin Coolidge was presiding over the Senate, one of the in-house senators can get a little angry at each other, right? One senator angrily told the other one, go straight to hell. The offended senator complained to Coolidge as the presiding officer of the Senate and counted up from a book that he was reading on the side because he wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. He, he looked up and, and, and leaked through and he said, listen, while he's listening to the debate, he says, I, I've been looking through the rule book. He said, you don't have to go there. And friend, neither do you. You don't have to go there. You might wonder what all this proves. The 
truth of this this man and this portion of scripture is in hell. The rich man is in hell. And that he is alive. And he's alive today, still tormented in eternity. God put this account in the Bible to show us that the man who rejected God and God's plan of salvation and died went to the place called hell and will forever be in that place. If we could ask any of these in hell, how do you like living there? <laughs> they tell you, I don't want to be here. It's the worst mistake of my life, choosing not to accept him. And rejected the Savior who wanted to save them. As we travel, we often stop for directions, don't we? But some of us too prideful wait till the very last moment. But we ask this famous question: How do you get there? Sometimes we say, "How do we get there from here?" And somebody refined might say, "We can't get there from here." <laughs> As we close this morning, how? get to hell from here? You just say no to Jesus. That's it. All your life, people are asking. So all your life, people are inviting. All your life, I, you know, I'm so thankful I had a father that when I was in my teen years and, you know, you get that car and you get a little money in your pocket, you stay out late on Saturday night. But if I, there was no, no question about it. Come Sunday morning, if I wasn't out of bed, my dad went up the stairs, pulled the blankets off my body, and said, get out of bed. And I did. Because I didn't want to have the wrath of my father for the rest of the day. You know? But he made me get up. And he made me come to church some years. And though he made me, there was a time I responded said, yes, Jesus. And I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful that there are still people out there that are loving on people. And you who have loved ones and friends and family that are, are going to be eternally lost if we don't tell them and we don't share with them and we don't give them life. Because there's going to come a time that we can't do anything for them. It has already been determined. That if they don't say yes to Jesus, they will spend eternity in hell. There's no mistakes about it. There's no ands or ifs. There's, oh, they're kind of good people. They're going to make No, they've got to say yes to Jesus. They've got to say yes to Jesus. So it's our turn. We must choose Jesus or Satan, heaven or hell. Where do we want to spend eternity? Where do we want to spend eternity? I pray you know what answer to make. Amen? I pray that we don't fool around with this and say, oh, I'll just slide back at the last. And, and, and you know, on my deathbed, Lord, will give me one, one little moment to say, Jesus. Maybe in his grace he might. The devil's going to do everything in his power so that you won't be able to. Every head bowed and eyes closed.
glad that they're coming to this church, even if they don't walk right with the Lord yet. There, there's still time. There's times like right now when an invitation goes out, when when, when, when the love of God is all around, when when, they, when we've done everything we can to talk to them about salvation and that there's a way that they don't have to experience damnation and the ugliness of hell. The Bible very clear, we believe in our heart and confess Jesus as Lord, we shall be saved. Hallelujah. How do we, how do we escape hell? We say yes to Jesus. We say yes to Jesus. Father God, I pray that everyone here is right with you, but if, if there just happens to be one or, or, or more, I don't know, Lord, or, or will somebody watching on the internet, and I'm so grateful that, that there are people watching, Lord God. Last week, there was 173 people that watched this service, so somebody heard, somebody heard, and I pray they make decisions for you. I pray... So God, sweep through this place by your Holy Spirit and, 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 and knock on that door of their heart. And may they hear you call. May they hear you calling out to them in love. Open the door. Let me in. Let me in. I'll change your life for the better. I'll make you your destiny forever in me. Hallelujah. You'll never have to experience the horrors of hell and only experience the, the, the promises of God in heaven forever. Well, every, every head is bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here and you're that person that I, you're that person. That when you came here this morning, your, your eternity was not settled. See, how can I think eternity when my today is so horrible. My friend, take the first step and give your heart to Jesus today and see if he doesn't straighten out your, your todays and tomorrows and your all eternity. If you're here today and you need Jesus, you don't want to spend eternity in hell. If you lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. said, I, you can talk, the Christian talk, you can go to church every single Sunday, but if something's in there, it's not lacking, something is contrary to the will of the Lord, and you're not right with God, make that change today. We're going to stand. In a little bit, we'll have communion, but you raise your hand. Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.